Today is Tuesday, March 13th, 2018, and you're listening to the official VIEW News Podcast. I'm Greg Pollock. And I'm Adam Jar. Links to all the stories we talk about can be found in our weekly newsletter and on news.vjs.org. It's a new week, and there are new Vue.js Amsterdam talks up on YouTube. You can now watch Ed Yerberg's talk on unit testing Vue components, and check out Plaman Stravkov's talk on building reusable UI components in Vue. The organizers of Vue.js Amsterdam are hard at work putting together Vue.js Road Trip. This is an initiative to bring top-notch Vue.js knowledge to Barcelona, Paris, and Berlin, with speakers including Guillaume Chow, the Nux Brothers, and Damien Dulish, who produces the Vue News with us. If you're interested in getting started with NativeScript Vue, which powers cross-platform mobile apps using Vue, there's a webinar on April 5th we want to let you know about featuring an interview with Evan Yu that'll help you get started. You can register right now for free. Part of what makes Vue so great is the thought and care that goes into its documentation. Core Vue member Chris Fritz is the man to thank for a large part of that. He also created the Vue Style Guide, Migration Guide, the ESLint plugin, the Vue Enterprise Boilerplate, and other useful additions to the ecosystem. His goal is to spend even more time on making Vue easier to learn and more fun to use, and he's got a Patreon up now that you can support if you'd like to see more of his work. Ah, yes, breadcrumbs. You know those navigation hints which tell you where you're located in your app and can be really helpful. But how do you create those with the view router? With bread? You would think so. But obviously there's a few ways to solve this problem. But this week, Fogner Araujo wrote up a Medium post showing how to do it simply using meta information inside view router. So I assume this meta information is then used to generate the breadcrumb links in each component? That's the idea. And the breadcrumbs get loaded and rendered from their own breadcrumbs.view file, which takes care of updating the breadcrumb list and generating links as needed. If you've been meaning to write your first transition with Vue, we've got a tutorial up on the Vue Mastery Medium blog that walks you through creating a menu popover transition. Derek Sozo explains the difference between transitions and animations and breaks down how to effectively use Vue's powerful transition element to get a menu item to transition onto and back off of the page. So I might use a transition to like animate a window onto the page and have it slowly fade in or flip in from the side. But what's the difference between a transition and an animation? Right, so a transition starts at one place, let's say A, and ends at another place, let's say B. So it would be like sliding glass doors going from closed to open or open to closed. Whereas an animation has multiple states. It can go from A to B to C to D, etc. Vue has the ability to create filters. Do you remember what these are, Adam? Yeah, these are text transformations you can define for use inside your HTML, allowing you to pipe data to filters that format the text in a different way, like a currency filter or date filter. Right, and I bring it up today because Raymond Camden wrote up a great article walking through how to create three filters, which use the INTL or ECMAScript internationalization API. He has a filter for formatting date, number, and currency. It's a great use case. We've been talking a lot about Storybook the past few weeks, so if you're using it or want to get started, you may want to check out Almas Akchabayev's tutorial on how to set up a Vue project with Storybook using Vue CLI 3.0. Oh, so it covers how to make Storybook work with Vue's Webpack configuration? Yep, it's all in the tutorial. Check it out. 
As you may know, custom directives allow us to encapsulate complex behavior to our DOM elements so we can reuse that behavior across our application. An example of a custom directive would be creating a vFocus directive that focuses the browser on an input field when it gets loaded. Right. In the article this week by Lachlan Miller, he creates a custom directive that makes a DOM element draggable. What I really love about Lachlan's article is not only how he builds a custom directive, but also how he shows how to properly write tests for it and publish it to NPM so others can use it. That'll make it really easy to install across projects. View Router makes it pretty easy to have one master layout for your app and load in components as needed. But what if you have different layouts for different parts of your application? Hmm. Well, couldn't you use View Router to do that and just nest components under different components? Yes, but there are a few disadvantages to that approach, which is why I want to let you know about Layout Broker, a view component that elegantly combines the power of dynamic components and slots. Sounds powerful. So how does it work? It essentially allows you to display a version of your layout within a dynamic component that is dependent on some metaparam of a route. Then you just pass the router view into that dynamic layout component via its default slot. I joined the Ruby on Rails community back right after they hit 1.0 and even went to the first RailsConf outside of Chicago, which is one of the reasons why I'm so excited to be speaking at the first ViewConf US later this month in New Orleans. I know of a few people using Ruby on Rails as a backend to their view app. Yeah, and late last week, Rich Daly wrote up a big guide to create your front-end with Nux.js and back-end with Rails API using Devise for authentication. So is Rails API different than Rails? Yeah, so Rails API is a stripped-down version of Rails that can be used to build API-only server apps. This guide is a great place to start if you want to use Rails as your back-end to your Vue app. If you want to use your Vue skills to build a native app, Weeks and NativeScript are two options you can consider. Tiago Alves compares the two in his new Hacker Noon post. Ooh, interesting. So how do they compare? Well, with Weeks, you're basically writing HTML and CSS Flexbox, which is rendered into native web components. But because native UI APIs are very different from Flexbox, this can make the UI development somewhat fragile and error-prone. All this worries you might end up with difficult edge cases. On the other hand, with NativeScript, you build the UI with layout elements similar to those you find on native APIs. So the result is more predictable, and it's easier to build apps that look and feel more native on Android and iOS. Sounds like for that reason, you probably should use native script. Well, it really depends. What will your web presence be? For instance, Weeks builds for the web, but native script doesn't. It is possible, however, to set up a native script project in a way where you essentially only have to rewrite the view layer of the app. Hmm. Okay. Sounds like they both have their benefits. This podcast is sponsored by Vue Mastery, the ultimate learning resource for Vue developers. We're about to launch our new learning platform, and we'll release new videos and written tutorials every week on all things Vue.js. If you'd like to know when we go live, head over to viewmastery.com and drop us your email.